Welcome to the Take Control Nutrition Podcast with your host, Adam Shilladay. With each episode, we'll be aiming to cut through all the crap out there and give you some practical advice to help you finally take control of your nutrition. Welcome back, guys, to another edition of the Take Control Nutrition Podcast. My name's Adam, and today we're going to be chatting about different methods of um, setting up your nutrition uh, and what really matters in terms of what you should be thinking about. This is a bit of an interesting one because there are lots of different ideas out there about how you should initiate um your nutritional strategy and to be honest with you um there are feckin' hundreds so no wonder it's hard for somebody to um really get the grips with it but i wanted to sort of chat through some of the the big ones um and what the easy uh wins you can take away from from uh, a bit of tracking um so what I mean, what if you think about the, the majority of people, what they're actually trying to do? So, if you think about from a nutritional strategy, you've got two way, two things to think about. You've got putting on weight, you've got losing weight, and then you've got general health. So, for today, today's episode, I'm going to think about actually losing body fat. Okay, um, and it doesn't matter what nutritional strategy that you decide that you are going to implement it has to do one thing and that is comply with energy balance okay so um we've talked about it before in a previous episode where we mentioned um or we sort of explored energy balance and that is the be all and end all in terms of overall uh body fat um losing body fat so it makes sense that whatever strategy that you decide to actually um implement it has to do that one thing which is get you into a negative energy balance and allow you to be um, in a deficit. So you got to look at the reasons why potentially um, a particular way of setting up or a particular strategy wouldn't work in a fat loss uh, sort of setup. And the reason being the diet might not even be designed or the particular way of eating might not be designed to even get you into a calorie deficit. And generally speaking, that's going to be some sort of absolute bullshit diet that somebody has has just fathomed out of the um, out of their mind. Um, usually, it's to make some quick money, and it doesn't mention anything about um, overall energy t- intake. Uh, so it's not even really trying to create a deficit. And there are lo- there's loads of them out there. Um, but yeah, generally the diet, that way of eating, isn't even going to get you into a deficit. Um, what other ways might it might it not put you into a deficit? Well, the person can't stick to it. There's no point in setting yourself up into a nutritional strategy if you can't actually stick to that way of eating. Um, if you can't stick to it, it's not going to <coughs> it's not going to work long long term for you. Um, the other way is that. Um, say say you set yourself up with a particular way of eating, you may be assuming that 
you are um, expending a certain amount of energy um, and it could be completely wrong. So you think you're expending a huge amount of energy or a certain amount of energy. In actual fact, you're only expending two-thirds of that or half of that. Um, so the way that you are eating might not be appropriate for your overall energy expenditure um, and therefore energy deficit isn't achieved. And then um, you you concentrate too much on the actual um, method itself rather than the overall underlying principle of energy balance. So when I mean, what I mean there is you're, you're too concerned with the particular style um, and adhering to um, like a policy or a way of eating that doesn't fit with the principle of energy balance okay um we're going to cover some of these different things in a wee second um but i just wanted to outline that at the beginning for actual fat loss you need to make sure that this is going to get you into a, a negative um energy uh energy balance and one of the big things is making sure that you don't focus on stuff that isn't I'm going to give you any sort of assistance at all. So, you know, I, uh, at the time of this podcast uh, being recorded, I put out a post today about um, a shitty product that was being sold on Amazon, you know, a waist trainer, um, and was being classed as a fat loss product. So there are things there that will confuse people. Um, You're like, should I be... Um, using something other than nutrition for fat loss. Um, so it's it's thinking things like and the, the key words that they use were like tox toxins in your fat cells. What a load of crap! Like absolute nonsense. Um, it's the same thing when people talk about like uh, like gut bacteria. Um, you know you're having problem with your gut bacteria. You can't lose body fat. Um, you know le- leaky leaky gut syndrome. Uh, is another thing that another uh, tool or thing that people say that they can't lose body fat from um, stress levels is another is another one. So these are things not to focus on, and actually focusing on a nutritional strategy that will put you in a negative energy energy balance. Um, and I guess from my perspective, the big things for you to start thinking about in terms of manipulating fat loss is your um, behaviours, like the habits that you actually are able to um, identify that are maybe causing you issues, and are you able to manipulate them in a way that is going to set you up for success. Um, The other things that you can manipulate are um, satiety levels, so your feeling of fullness. Are you able to to, uh, eat a particular way that's going to leave you uh, your appetite satisfied and actually feeling that you have eaten something that's going to keep you going for uh, at least an extended period of time or um, depending on your goal for the next few hours or whatever it might be. Um, energy levels, you know, feeling the, the biggest the biggest ones for uh, actually maintaining energy levels at, at work is... Um, you know, getting over the the 
3pm slump or having that craving when you're sitting there and work and generally speaking that's because the food that you have been eating before hasn't been satisfied enough and um, yes okay whenever you get yourself into a, a calorie deficit you will experience hunger at some point depending on how big your deficit is but you need to have the nutritional strategy in place to be able to deal with that um and thinking about is the food that you're actually taking in going to allow you to, to have proper energy levels and minimize any of those slumps um you know you, you go down the route of actually being able to stick to that so if somebody turned around and said you know you're going to have to stick to chicken and rice for the next five days it's absolutely horrendous for 99 percent of the people um simply because there might not be a lot of taste in there um however you might be some of the that small percentage that are able to do that that means that that should be something that you're able to utilize it keeps you on track and it keeps you adherent to um the total energy that you're trying to take in based on your your fat loss goal so yeah, we're gonna get into that in a wee in a wee while in terms of taste and things like that. But um, it's important it's important to remember that the main or the primary reason that people fail any sort of nutritional strategy is that they simply cannot stick to the uh, plan that they have either bought from somebody, have found on the internet, have decided they're gonna follow because you know Susan and work is doing it. Um, this is generally why people cannot stick to it or be consistent with it for a long period of time. And let's let, let's be uh, like brutally clear here: you can lose body fat on pretty much any way of eating. In fact, any way of eating ever gets you into a calorie deficit. You know, uh, research has shown that significant weight loss was was found with uh, low carb diets, with low fat diets. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't really make a difference if you're the person that can stick to a low-fat diet. Um, that's not gonna uh, be so low-fat that you start to mess up your um, your bodily processes. Then that that's the that's the thing to go for. Or if you have a couple of low-fat days and it just allows you to uh, keep your um, calories low. Same with low carbohydrate. As much as I'm an advocate of carbohydrates itself. Lots of people can stick to a low-carbohydrate diet and see amazing success to it. Whether or not that can continue, um, you know, way into the future for in a maintenance period is debatable. However, that does not um, take away from the fact that a low-carb diet would also be able to um, allow you to lose lots of body fat simply because you are restricting a whole macronutrient group and therefore bringing you more likely that you're going to be in a calorie deficit and therefore lose body fat. So I think that's that's very important for people to understand that um, there are lots of different types out there. Um, but again, it all reverts back to, to energy balance. Whilst there is, that's the particular way of eating, um, if you find that, you know, say say you decide that you are going to protect or pick a particular way of eating it turns out that that 
way of eating is actually going to put you in a massive deficit. The issue then becomes whether or not, not only can you not stick to it because it, it potentially is not a, a, a way that you um, can be consistent with because of the actual food that you're having to eat, but also because there's not enough energy going in. Um, and you may be able to do it for three or four days or five or six days, but on that seventh day or at that weekend, then you go absolutely bananas and Domino's is getting absolutely smashed. Um, and the vicious cycle starts again and comes Sunday night, you're like, ah, shit, um, it happened again. I have to start again. Um, so understanding the energy input of that particular way of eating is also very important because the closer you can be to warding off hunger or the closest you can be to your potential um, or your estimated energy output um, but still being in a deficit is probably an easier way to live. Um, there are periods of time where you can be very aggressive and you know, and I use this with people whereby you might have two or three weeks where you're just on it and you think, you know what, I'm in a good place, uh, I'm I'm sleeping well, I'm training well, let's try and be aggressive with a calorie deficit and we'll try and have a couple of good weeks here. Then you might need to take the food off a of gas a wee bit and, uh, and, and you might have like external stressors like it could be work or it could be family situations or it could be it could be anything really you know maybe an injury or whatever and you just have to bring your your calories up a wee bit um maybe just below maintenance or even just a maintenance just to maintain so you're not worried about actually having to lose weight um but en- the overall energy balance uh, the energy um sort of makeup of that that nutritional strategy is also very important um because over the long run, it doesn't necessarily say that just because there's a huge, it's a huge calorie deficit that you're going to lose lots more weight. Because there could be stints in there where you just cannot control your hunger and you end up uh, eating lots more than you wanted to, and um, bring it right up, uh, bring the calories right back up. Then, uh, you know, for me, it's it's really important to get across that because there are so many different methods that. It's vitally important that you understand you can use multiple strategies and multiple ways of eating on different days, um, on different weeks, um, you know, on the same day. It doesn't, you know, these are all things that are there for you to be able to make your diet specific to you. Um, so whilst there are loads out there, you don't have to necessarily comply to just one. You know, you can take bits and pieces from different ways of eating and apply it to your lifestyle, your situation, uh, how you feel. You know, so, yeah, this one-track mind it invariably ends up with problems come um, further on down the line. Um, I mean, if we just cover some of the, some of the points that, I think are important for what can actually make you be it uh, adherent um, because one of the big things is like your lifestyle so your social environment um, are you somebody that goes out quite a lot for dinner um, you know are you entertaining clients are you um, you know is there a lot of work um, dinners or lunches or are you just a very social person where you're out quite a lot because 
what you'll find is that a lot of uh, potential ways of eating would be restrictive in terms of, like, for example, if you were going to decide to do the ketogenic diet and you're going out for um, a bite to eat with your three or four friends and, you you know, you'll decide to go to a, a restaurant, there's no, uh, here's a keto menu. That shit doesn't happen. So not only are you going to have to be very careful about the making sure you're not taking in carbohydrates, for example, but you're going to look a bit, say, you're going to look a bit strange when you maybe just have a steak and that's it, you know, um, or if you usually have a drink and all of a sudden you started ha- trying the ketogenic diet and uh, your friends are going, uh, you know, you stop drinking and you really want to drink, but you can't drink because you're on a ketogenic diet. So you got to think about, does that actually fit in with your lifestyle for a start? Is it? reasonable that you could be able to do this and still enjoy the type of lifestyle that you want to have um you know and i keep using the ketogenic because well i think it's a load of balls but it does work for people so i can never rule that out for somebody's diet for somebody's nutritional plan but again if you're somebody who likes crisps or if you're somebody who likes ice cream and you're going to say, I'm doing a ketogenic diet. you got to think very carefully about that because you're going to cut out things that you really actually like, which wouldn't be a problem in an energy-balanced universe. But yet you're going to do ketogenic diet because you've seen something on the internet or Netflix or whatever shocking source you've got it from. Um, and therefore, you're going to uh, go down this route. So... Yeah, I mean, your social life, your your personal food preferences, um, whether it's enjoyable, you know, does it minimize hunger? Is it, can you stick to it? Is it actually getting your results for a start? You know, you can still not lose body fat on a ketogenic diet if your energy balance isn't right. This is where the big thing um, comes in, understanding energy balance. It's the be all and end all here. Um, so, I mean, from a from a actual physical side of things you know what factors do you need to actually control um to make sure that you can uh, adhere to the diet um and like this is where genetics comes into quite a lot of this quite a lot of these things um you know your appetite and hunger is is the primary uh, driver here in terms of um telling your body right let's go and get something to eat here um you know, the macronutrient sort of makeup. Are you eating enough protein to keep you your satiety levels high? Um, what what are the food choices in, involved? How much food are you actually um are you are you taking in on this nutritional plan? Um you know, what are your stress levels like? Are you sleeping at all? Like well, sleep is a massive one for fat loss. And not because lack of sleep um, will stop you from losing body fat. Lack of sleep just causes you to make different choices because you're one awake for a lot longer, so you're going to naturally be hungrier, um, or need to take in more food in your eyes, and two, you're going to be tired. And if you're tired, and we've all been there, we make different choices, and usually they're calorie dense choices. So. 
yeah, sleep is one of those ones that is just multi right across the whole spectrum. It's food is one of those ones that we really should be thinking about trying to get better at. And then exercise, you know, are you exercising? Um, is your nutritional strategy actually allowing you to um, sort of get out, give you the energy to be able to resistance train or run or whatever you like to do? Um, because it's uh, you know a major a major factor, um. So, yeah, I think we've beaten the energy balancing to death there, um. And as I've talked about before in another podcast, protein is obviously the next big thing. So you've got your energy balance, and then you've got your protein. So, in like for example, if you were to say I'm going to go vegetarian or I'm going to go vegan. One of the big issues that you've got there is that protein levels are sometimes compromised. So if you think about it from a fat loss perspective here, a nutritional strategy that involves maybe less protein might not be the best way to go. And simply because you're generally going to feel fuller or feel uh, less satisfied. Now, I know lots of vegetarians that are on the ball with this and they're able to make sure that their protein levels are uh, you know, sufficient not only to keep hunger at bay but also to um, help with uh, muscle recovery um, for muscle building and for whatever type of exercises that they're actually trying to, to you know to do each week or each day so but from a, a pure fat loss perspective you know it's harder to get enough protein in if you are, say, doing a, a strategy that involves, say, vegetarian. Um, anything that involves meat is generally a wee bit easier to adhere to, simply because there's going to be more protein there, um, and you will feel a wee bit more satisfied. So, yeah, energy balance, protein side of things. Okay. Um. So... I mean, there's so many other different factors that you can start to look into. So the food variety. So if you're somebody that likes to have different flavors and different types of food in your diet, sometimes, and what we've seen over the research is that the food variety can can increase overall energy intake. So basically, it's appetite stimulating um, food, and and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, hyperpalatability. Um, that makes you it makes you uh, almost it almost delays the satiety levels, and you just want more of it. It's like yes, like if you have two bowls of rice, two people eating a bowl of rice each, and they both finish it, and both of them say, "Ah, oh, stuffed, can't eat anymore." If you put a bowl, another bowl of rice down, first person. I say that, maybe have a couple of spoonfuls and go, nah, I'm done. But if you put a second bowl down with the other person and put some sweet chili sauce into it, I guarantee they're going to clean that bowl out or at least have a good crack at it. No, I would. Sweet chili sauce is amazing. But that is just an example of how the, uh, the taste can have a major impact on how you perceive your satiety levels. So... It delays the ability to feel satisfied. Even though if the sauce hadn't been there, 
you probably wouldn't have eaten much more of the uh, of of the rice. So, thinking whilst it's good to have um, a range of um, nutrient dense foods in your diet, it's probably not so good to have lots and lots of flavour that could potentially cause you to uh, overeat essentially because at the end of the day your goal is fat loss and as we know um, more taste can cause a higher intake so yeah I think that's probably as much as I want to talk about in in terms of adherence Um, let's just talk about some of the um, methods okay so the question that I always get is do you have to track on my fitness pal to be able to lose body fat and the answer to that is no no you do not Um, my fitness pal is definitely a great tool to use um, I've used it, used it in the past. I use it for lots of clients, um, but it's not something that you have to definitely use. There are lots of different layers to fat loss, and I think the important thing to understand is that you can move between these layers. So you may start off by just making some small changes, and those types of changes could just be um you know along the, the the global guidelines if you like um in terms of reducing say sugar um and you know that that could be swapping a, a full coke a normal coke for uh coke zero or dad coke for example um it could be starting to increase protein with every meal and what that does is just simply make you eat less because you're feel fuller. Um, it could be, right, I'm starting to introduce lots of high volume foods like vegetables. And therefore, you feel fuller because you have more in your stomach. And vegetables are generally uh, very uh, calorie, not, not high in calories, essentially. But... The thing is, those that type of uh, tactic might not last um, forever. So you may then go, right, well, weight loss is slow to a wee bit. What then do I need to do? So you can start looking at different things that would be able to, um, to, be able to help you. Um, so you could just start writing down what you've had each day. So you could be saying, right, I had this for breakfast, um, I had this for lunch, I had this for dinner. And then you could be looking at that and you could be having a rough estimate of uh, where what that looks like in an overall energy balance. And you might be going, mm, that's a wee bit high in, in calories. Maybe I will reduce that or take that down. That might be enough for then you to kickstart fat loss again uh, without going into... A huge amount of of like my fitness pal tracking but then you get to the stage whereby you know you might not be losing anything again and you're going right okay i've hit that i've used the guidelines i've you know how do we look i've written things down and i've lost a good bit of weight with those habits but all of a sudden it's stopped again uh, I'm, tra- I'm still training good 
um, what do you need to do now? Well, the next thing then is probably looking at some form of, of tracking to see, okay, are you actually taking in too many calories? Um, and what, if anything, should you be taking in? Or what, what exactly should you be taking in for energy balance? And the first thing then, obviously, is to go back and understand what your energy requirements are based on your lifestyle, what do you do during the day, and what are you, what's your training plan like, how active are you, um, you know, what's your state of mind, things like that. You know, what, what, how much, how much calories do you actually need uh, on a day-to-day basis? From there, it's really a question of being able to start tracking. So, you can use the My Fitness Pal way, and from there you'll be able to add in foods each day and you'll be sticking to your your calorie limit your daily limit um hopefully you'll you'll have set up your uh, protein levels and your fat levels and then your carbohydrates will be whatever is left okay i did a wee podcast on energy balance um and i would suggest you go back and have a wee listen to that in terms of setting up your uh your diet and your macronutrients if you need anything you need any more advice on that one um you can hit the the website to understand about calorie targets and and macronutrient settings and things like that um so yeah i, I, tr- I sort of want to get across that um from a from an actual diet strategy think of it more as layers where you can start off at a very high level and you can think about, um, you know, the very, very basics like protein or reducing down chocolate or getting veggies in with every meal um, or things like, you know, plate sizes or, um, you know, think could you reduce down the plate size and, and maybe just fill that plate instead of having a massive plate where you feel as if you have to put loads on it. Um, because it's the same it's the same thing as as food you know take america for example the portion sizes in america like here not just quite as bad as here like but uh are uh, quite as bad in, in america where the portion sizes are massive but the plate sizes have went up and we feel the need to lump more food onto it but yet we're less active so there are wee things like that wee tips and tricks like that that you can use um then again you want to go down the levels and there's i mean there's different types of tracking as well i mean you could just track your protein make sure you're getting enough protein i mean getting enough protein in a day might just be enough to keep you satisfied so that you um don't overeat um you've obviously well a lot of people have heard of if it fits your macros so you'll just have a set of macros and you doesn't matter what you eat as long as the food fits in those macros well that we'll get into that at at another uh podcast because there's a lot of sort of stuff you could go into there um yeah the other the other one that i would do want to talk about is like set meal plans and things like that so interestingly i've had success before with people where um you would talk you would give them an energy balance or an energy target to be hitting but they don't necessarily want to use my fitness pal and that's again completely fine so one of the things you can do is and i mean obviously it helps if they are uh, into their cooking because you can come up with calorie controlled meals and say right 
here's recipes to use. You don't need to continuously track this because this is the type of food that you're going to be eating and therefore you, we know what's going to be in it. Um, so And it's pretty standard and that I know is going to be under your energy balance. But there is a massive onset now of um, calorie-controlled meals. So the likes of Marks and Spencers um, do a, a really, really good range. Um, there is, and I mean, at this time in Northern Ireland, there are some great companies out there. Um, there's a great one called Eat Naked NI that are uh, an absolute... Um, later, if you like, in the uh, set meal plans, um, they uh, would create meals, and then you can go and pick up your meals at the at the start of every week or during the week as well. And it's just nutrient dense, calorie controlled, high in protein, um, you know, filling food, um, and I think. That side of things definitely does work for a lot of people where they just go, here's my three or four meals. Uh, I know that I don't have to count it because I know it's under my energy balance and therefore I'm going to lose body fat. It's They're just in, in uh, automation mode and away they go. So I think from that aspect, that's a really interesting area and it definitely is somewhere where I think a lot more people should probably go just based on how um, stressful the work environment can be, um, life environment, you know, families, you're having to, you're really having to, uh, there's a lot on your plate, um, excuse the, the pun, and just having that type of meal there ready to go could allow you to still smash your goals. So it's definitely a really good option to think about. Um and I will have more information on that shortly. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very conscious that when we talk about specific diets, like I am very negative towards things like Weight Watchers and Slimming World, and um, you know, not so much Paleo, but like the ketogenic diet and low carb and low fat. And the the thing is, as much as I am negative towards them, because uh, there's an element of exclusion in these diets, um, especially the likes of Weight Watchers and Slimming World, where they have <clears throat> there's a big negative connotation about certain foods. That doesn't mean for one second that that diet couldn't particularly work for somebody. Um, it just means that they don't have the full story, and they may feel almost trapped by a particular way of eating. And I, like that that's for me the, the the most important issue. There's no empowerment there with that particular way, um, nutritional strategy. But at the same time, if your goal is to lose a lot of body weight and if you go and do a particular way of eating for three, four, five months and you absolutely smash it, then it's worked for you. But you've got to think about coming out the other side and whether or not that's going to be beneficial to you and is it going to be something that you can then adhere to for the um, foreseeable future keep your maintenance going and you know is it something that you can be consistent with for the rest of your life for example i think that's very important now yes you can argue it's a fat loss goal uh you know something that 
you're going to do for the rest of your life? Well, the answer to that is no, it's not. So the big thing for me is, you know, have these periods where you want to actually lose body fat. You need to have a nutritional strategy in place, but you also need to have a nutritional strategy there for whenever you um, get sort of out of that. And for me, it you can use lots of different tools, but you've got to think about coming out the other side of it. That's why I think um having something that you can be consistent with the whole year regardless of your goal is something that will be beneficial to you but at the same time you know you can still implement different strategies at different times based on um what's actually going on in your life so yeah i've rabbited on there for quite uh a while so i'm gonna end it there um, any questions you've got about nutritional strategies or anything like that at all, um, just ask and I will put some uh, links in the show notes to some resources that will go into a bit more detail on some of these things we've talked about. Um, and there will be some other podcasts, a wee bit shorter, on specific diets and specific like ways of eating, um, like paleo and keto and low carb and stuff like that for those people that actually can um use those to their advantage um yeah but thanks for listening guys and uh any questions just uh give us a wee shout cheers bye